Welcome back to the ArcCast podcast brought to you from the Arkansas Podcast Collaborative. And we have an event coming up on September 1st through the 7th of the ArcCast, the you know, podcast festival uh, here in central Arkansas. Then we're going up to Northwest Arkansas on the 20th and 21st. And so in preparation of that, we're doing a series of special episodes. And today our special guest is S.A. Grant. Do you go by S.A. or do you go by Chanel? Essay, I would say, is my alter ego that I go by when we're talking ego. about either books or podcasts. Essay all okay. day. Okay, so now I know how, how to how to address you. So essay, yeah. right, right. Uh, can you tell us a little bit? Of, like yourself, you you said you're you're an author and podcaster, and so can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, I, I would just say I started with I'm a lifelong learner. I mean, you know, kind of okay. having opportunities to kind of learn different um, systems, different business structures. And, and, you know, throughout life, I just kind of collaborated all these different things into what today is called the podcast. But essentially, right. I think opportunity for me to, you know, help educate other entrepreneurs on their journeys and, and point them in the right direction. Great. Um, so what, what are some of the tools that you use to do that? That, that that that's one of those loaded questions. It's like a peeling back <laughs> onion, right? So yeah, right, right. Uh, I mean, I, I would say I'm a, I'm an avid component of interviewing founders. So just do like the founder philosophy. I, I'm a real big component of lifetime deals. So AppSumo. So I literally have a budget item on my <laughs> on my active budget every month to to buy you know software to do things that I'm doing on a podcast. So literally, I, I probably have access to about. A thousand different programs right so wow yeah so i guess you just slice it down like you talk about more so like the marketing the the, the podcasting the systems like like what slice of the pie you want to talk about sure so i know that you uh you have a step you have a three-step system that that you that's on your your banner on linkedin and on your website um and one of those steps is creating a podcast and so this is for strictly for businesses and so why, why podcasting i would ask uh, it kind of goes back to finding that, you know, I was a natural podcaster without knowing it. I mean, I kind of had a stroke back in 2018 and my girlfriend at the time, who's my wife right now, we sat mm -hmm. down, she was talking like, okay, for the past 18 years, you've been branding all these different corporations and these different companies through like my digital agency. And she was like, now it's time for you to kind of go through a recovery stage and then come back as a brand. You should brand yourself. So I took that to heart. I married her. And then like essentially it took me about 18 months to make a full recovery, full recovery. And then February 20th is when I launched the podcast. So it was kind of like a intuition kind of thing from, from my wife's mm -hmm. standpoint. But for me, it was kind of like, was I going to be a YouTuber or was I going to be a podcaster? And again, I was the guy behind the curtain. So I picked the ladder in, in 2020, looking in hindsight, you know, podcasting, it doesn't really matter what format, as long as you're, you're putting out that content. And I would say on all platforms. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, so why do you recommend podcasting for businesses? Uh, I look at it as it's it's a it's a a tool. It's not just marketing. I mean, prime example, like we're in season six. We've sure. recorded, you know, obviously twenty something to sixty episodes per season on average, right? So, mm -hmm. with that, right, one episode, we're still creating content from season one, episode one, and that that was shot back in February of twenty twenty. So, I want to own it about that the trouble is always trying to create content right so why right. would you try to create content when the content can come naturally you could talk about mm -hmm. what you do talk to someone that does what you do talk about partnerships talk about strategy and then take that piece of content whether it's 30 minutes or an hour chop it up dice it up make banners make video clips you know you can make so many different elements from one hour's piece of content absolutely and it's pretty brilliant that you're able to take you know content that you created you know three years ago 
and still be able to use that. You know, you take the little the nuggets of information from there. And I guess are are you using them in uh, social media as well? Are you sharing as reels or shorts or? Hundred percent. So hundred percent based yeah. systems. And I always say, like, until you really understand RSS feeds, is it's kind of like mm-hmm. you're doing yourself a disservice. I mean, RSS feeds is your friend. So every right. single time we post a piece of content through the RSS feed, then we have systems that capture that information and reiterates that information and pushes it back out to the masses on social media. So again, every six to nine months, it's still posting and recycling those original posts and it's adding new posts. So the more we create, the more that system just keeps evolving and multiplying and multiplying to the point to where on average today, we probably post about uh, anywhere between 30 to 60 pieces of content every day. Ooh, wow. That's pretty amazing. Uh, that's something I'm not even aware of. I, mean, I use RSS feeds and several different things um, as far as like you know, blog posts or, you, you know, of course, everybody has podcasts, you know, RSS feeds that you're able to, you know, update, uh, you know, social, some social media. Every time you drop a, an episode, it'll automatically update. Um, for that, but you're saying that you could take any, any piece of content and upload that to our mouth. Well, I'm gonna have to look into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, think about it from the standpoint of there's YouTube has RSS feed, um, Shopify has RSS feed, WordPress right. has RSS feed. So again, mm-hmm. all of them work just like a podcast RSS feed. So why don't you leverage right. these different environments to make that content at scale? That's very, very interesting. Um, so what kind of a success can, can people, you know, uh, imagine that they'll have whenever they start a podcast? I would say if they're dedicated to it, because that's the problem with podcasts. And today, I mean, we got like three point, like three to four billion podcasts and only mm-hmm. like two percent of them are actually active podcasts because somebody said, I right. want to make a podcast. I'm going to make a million dollars doing it. They start yeah. three episodes and they fade to black. So it, essentially it's consistency and it's creating systems, right? It's figuring out how to monetize it, how to systematize it, how to, if you're going to have guests, how do you onboard your guests, all of these different elements go into play. Once that's established, then a podcast could be definitely something that's very fruitful for any business, whether you're a plumber or a roofer or you're a doctor or a lawyer. Sure. Um, and I guess the expectations of like what success is and like having to define that for yourself before you even get started on the podcast. Because like if you're looking for you know, I hear it all the time. You know, people are want to start a, a podcast. Like you said, they want to make their million dollars, right? And they imagine they're going to do that by uh, creating a really nice video or a podcast episode and then uploading it to YouTube or one of the channels and get monetization off of it. And they're going to make it rich and be an influencer off of that. But it, uh, it doesn't seem to be the case. No, no, it takes more work than that. I mean, obviously, you right. know, if you're thinking about Joe Rogan, for example, Joe Rogan had a, a huge following. He was a stand-up comedian. He was in the UFC. He did all these different things in media limelight. So when he became a podcaster, it was just like turning on a switch when you walk into your kitchen. It's almost instant, like follow mm-hmm. versus a business owner. Your immediate epicenter of the circle of your clients, maybe family members of the business partners may or may not even tune in because they don't know you as a podcaster. So you're going to have right. to build up that reputation in that space over a period of time, much like most podcasters that were originally business owners that are doing today, including myself. My year one was kind of like asking people to be on a podcast and they looked at me kind of like, you're a podcaster now? Like, how, how does that work? But now, you know, you look 20 me in hindsight, it goes without saying that I know what I'm doing and I've been doing it long enough, but it took three years for me to get to where I am. Well, that's pretty amazing. And that's a lot of dedication, like three years of creating content consistently. And um, how often would you say that people need to record? I, you know, like my first season, I started off just to test out, right, to kind of figure things out because I wanted to iron out the wrinkles. So I was doing two episodes per month. So that's every other week. Mm-hmm. 
by the time I got to about halfway through the season, roughly about 12 episodes, I was like, okay, like I was more scared of not having enough people to interview. And that's kind of the drawback to podcasts when they first start that fear of I need people. Um, once I got into like the second half of the season, then we went to four episodes per week. And then now that we're in season six, we, we have like prime example, we leverage um, podcast recruiters. And I just spoke to one maybe last month and had like a one hour conversation things went well. And then he booked me 28 highly successful individuals after that call. So again, like once you figure out the systems, you really don't have to be concerned with the fear of trying to find people. They will essentially be dropped and delivered in your lap. If you stay consistent and build like you're like you're building a business, that's what podcast really is. Sure. Absolutely. And I guess diverting from that a little bit, because uh, I know that you use podcasting in your business, but what is, what is Boston Cage? So I was say Boston Cage essentially is, is a legacy brand, right? I mean, that's why I named it Boston Cage and I rebranded it from my original agency. So on one hand, obviously, uh, as a consultant, as an individual, as a, I'm a personal brand, I'll do a lot of brand and growth strategy consultation. Because again, I'm living the brand of Boston Cage. So a lot of people, they want to say, well, how, how, does it, how does it work? Like, how do you become a brand and how does your company become a brand and how do you leverage that from a podcast? Then on the back end, right, I'm doing these interviews. So as I'm doing these interviews, like the people I'm interviewing potentially are my leads. So again, every time I interview someone, they may or may not need the services that my digital agency has. So I'm more so focused in the podcasting space. So if someone needs branding, brand development, brand strategy, we can do that for them. If they need content creation, course creation, well, we do that for ourselves so we can do it for them. They need digital marketing and they need growth strategy. We, we do it for ourselves and we can do it for them as well too. But again, I'm built up to where I've orchestrated this noise to where it funnels in through the podcast and everything else happens afterwards. That's pretty amazing. I love the brand too. And you, you stay, you stay on brand too. You've got, even the way you talk to people, I know several times I've noticed that you, you've talked to me, you address me as your boss, which goes along with your branding. You know what I mean? And uh, it's great because you're giving a person uh, well, a taste of, of the branding itself, but also you're giving them an affirmation at the same time. So they're feeling good about themselves and they feel good about you and your brand because of the way that you're, you're building them up and what you're offering. So it's, it's pretty brilliant what you've you built. The, um, so where do you see, yeah, for sure. Uh, where, where do you see the podcasting going? And I know a viewer, you know, listenership has you know, grown you know, exponentially over the past few years. Mm-hmm. And where do you, how long do you think this is a, a media that's going to, I don't know, thrive or is it going to grow? Is it going to decrease? What, what, how, how do you see that going? I think it's funny that we're, we're having this conversation today because just this morning I had, um, syndicated a post about podcasters essentially becoming like the new NFL, the new NBA or the new, you know, baseball teams. Because you think about it, like if you go back to like the 80s and 90s and the 2000s, even to today, a lot of people like they, they want to go to school, but they want to they want to go to school with actually having a grant or a scholarship to play a sport. What would it look like if you got a scholarship to go to school to be a podcaster? Right. I mean, like this is something that, that we're really talking about, because in a sense of TV and movie. They've been mm-hmm. doing it forever. Podcasting right. calls that, that spectrum, right? I mean, podcasting is a new individually owned digital platform of radio. So think about that. Back in the day, you would go to school for communication and you would get a, you know, a grant or a scholarship for that particular degree. Why would you not kind of look at it from a podcasting standpoint? So I see it growing into more of a household thing to where kids can kind of look at it and say, you know what? I want to be a podcaster. Like I, I can't yeah. wait till the day that somebody comes on and says, my kid asked me to be a podcaster. What do I do? I don't even know what to start. 
yeah, and it's a, it's surprising to me sometimes. Um, I guess because I'm I'm not a kid anymore, right? So <laughs> that I, uh, you know, we went to a true crime fest what was it, last month or so, and one of the true crime you know podcasters that was there had a group of just kids that were that were there. They were all friends and they were together, but they were like fangirling out over having this. <laughs> I was like, this is new to me. Uh, you know, it's like, I never thought that podcasting would get to this point to where you are becoming sort of a, you know, semi-celebrity in certain circles to, to people, you know, you're an in, you're influencer, you're uh, inspirational to some people. And so have you had any of those moments yet where, where uh, maybe your kids or some kids that you've been around have been like looked up to you like, oh, you're a podcaster. They think that's fascinating. Um, Yeah. You know, I think our, our kids, they grew up in this environment as far as being around entrepreneurs and mm -hmm. starting the podcast. So kind of, unfortunately because i'm the parent they kind of take advantage yeah. of it until like they're 20 something <laughs> they'll circle back but you know their yeah. friends will come over and we've had conversations before about podcasting they'll ask questions uh, i think they're more so fascinating with like mm -hmm. if you look behind me if, you, if you're watching this on video i have sneakers right. behind me so like kids and sneakers and again the boston cage brand we have essentially about 30 something different types of sneakers that we've created that's 100 branded for boston cage so when they see me wearing the sneakers it was like oh those are cool what are those and I was like, well, they're Boston Cage. Like, they're the <laughs> my brand. Like, yeah, right. It's not Nike. It's not Reebok. It's the 100% yeah. Boston Cage. And they, they kind of give that look of like, first, how, how did you do it? And, and kind of like, and then the other question from like older generation is like, well, why did you do it? Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. They're bringing up the shoes. You know, I would love to be able to. To do that's great everything you have there is on brand i'm looking at the, the color scheme behind you uh from i guess you're preparing for this is your backdrop right so whenever people do ask you to be on shows or you're recording your own content you've got your your, your own display case back there that shows off your brand and so your colors your logos everywhere so i mean it's brilliant you're obviously good at what you do um yeah, appreciate that yeah for sure uh, so not to give too much of your, your content away or the information that you have, but we, you know, one of our events coming up is on September 1st, we're having a pitch, uh, a podcast pitch event mm -hmm. where it's sort of a shark tank style you know, competition where people are going to come in and pitch what they think is a good idea for a podcast, who's going to host it, what their goals are and that type of thing. What would be some of the advice that you would give to people that are going to be up on that stage? I would say do do your research. I mean, do your due diligence. It's not just coming up there saying, I'm going to talk about murder mysteries. I mean, that, that's already on the market, like kind of dive into it a little bit more, put a little bit of edge on it, a little bit of spin, do some Google searches, figure out if there's even like, you know, is it an up and coming thing? I think a good thing for pre-podcasters to do is go to Google Trends and kind of see what's trending, what has been trending for the past year, five years. And you want something that's going to be evergreen, something that's not going to be, you talk right. about for like three days and then it fades to black, right? Yeah. Kind of not to knock meta, but you know, meta had its time of shine and then now it's kind of dying down, but obviously it's going to come back. But now if you had a podcast hundred percent on meta, like what are you, what are you going to do now? Like, so right. again, you want to talk about topics that have longevity. Sure. And I've seen, you know, quite a few of those podcasts do that where they'll take either something that's like a hot topic, you know, you know at the time it will say like the, you know, 2020 elections, or if it's a, if it's a movie that came out that was, you know, had a big following around it, but then people sort of forgot about it since then. But there's only so many episodes that you can record on that content, especially if it's not staying in the zeitgeist, if it's not being, you know, just the fire isn't being stoked or publicly, you know, um, you're sort of rehashing the same content and it you know your your passion fade, probably fades out from that and so you're 
likelihood of, of continuing with that is going to die out. Um, I would say, uh, so question for you about, you know, anybody that wants to start a podcast already going into that. Um, what kind of, I guess, preparation of like dedication should they have? You know, I mean, what kind of expectations should they have of, hmm. okay, I've got this concept. How dedicated do they have to keep themselves? Or do they, should they just be, you know, well, try it for a couple of episodes and see if you like it. I mean, because there's so many different formats to podcasting, you really have to look at it from the standpoint of, it. first of all, is it going to be a, a hobby that potentially could become a business? Or are you going into it to say, okay, it's going to be a business and you're going to treat it like that from day one? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Again, I mean, obviously some people may create a hobby and may never get to the business point of view, but they enjoy what they did. They may do two or three seasons and then it fade to black. But if you're going for the longevity of it, then you really need to sit down and understand the principles that go into it. So to answer your question about like time, I would say start off with small bites because again, if you start off with this grandiose vision to say, Hey, I'm going to rival Joe Rogan. Yeah. You're going to get burned out pretty quickly. I'm not to yeah. not to say you shouldn't be ambitious, but you also have to be realistic. And, and, and again, you have to kind of spend your first year learning the craft. Like my first year of podcasting, I didn't know anything about podcasting. So I spent a lot of time like studying the trade and then realizing the problems mm-hmm. with it and then creating solutions and systems behind the scenes for myself that if you fast forward two, three years now, those systems that I came up with back then, now I'm leveraging them and reselling them and repurposing them and monetizing the podcast because of what I created two years ago. Absolutely. And that's great. I mean, now, and now you're sharing that with with your clients. So, yeah. um, yeah. So, I mean, I think everybody starts off with a certain level of experience and it's like uh, flying a plane. You can even go to school for being a pilot, but until you get in the cockpit and start, you know, being hands-on and trying to get up in the air, uh, you know, there's still a, a huge learning experience to have there. Um, I would say the same with, with podcasting. Myself, you know, I used to be, uh, I guess, call myself a podcast enthusiast. And so I would just I listen to a lot of people. And like you said, I saw some things and opportunities. I was like, I like this, like this, but they're missing this. Um, and it's like, this is the unique angle that I could take and mm-hmm. just started, just went off and just started, you know, <laughs> yeah, as long as your content is great. Um, and you may have a different opinion. I'd love to hear it about, you know, the, the quality. Um, so as I would say, that as long as your, your content is strong and entertaining or educational and it draws people in, then uh, I think people are more likely to overlook, you know, the sound of like a washing machine in the background or something like that. Um, but you do typically want to have the best quality quality audio as you can so what, what are your uh recommendations for that i mean it's, it's a devil's advocate right because i mean right off bat kind of go back to the statement when i said whether it's going to be a business or whether it's going to be a hobby so people mm-hmm. that from that standpoint they want to go out and spend ten thousand dollars worth of equipment for something that may only last one season right, right. so kind of like to, you know it's kind of like you're going to the pool you got to put your foot in the water to kind of see if you want to jump in the water first right or you could just jump in blindly and figure it out but ideally when it comes to podcasting i would say start the sooner you start you'll figure it out because prime example like you're not using a headset but i am using a headset and the, the reason right. for that, there's a million different types of microphones right you probably sure. like a microphone that's a boom that's hanging off camera that cannot be seen but for me, I move and I talk and I jump around and with, with those type of microphones, they may be in fluctuations. So for me, I need mm-hmm. my microphone to follow me wherever I go, hence why right. I use the headset. So if you don't talk with your hands and you're kind of like stiff and you, then obviously <laughs> then the microphone in front of you will work, right? So yeah. 
kind of have to figure out your synergy, figure out, you know, are you going to do two people in a room together? Are you going to be a round table? Is it going to be a hundred percent? All these are variables to figure out what type of equipment you want. I would say, get anything, start with that, play it back, listen to it. Right. Then there's secondary software that can kind of help you with that. Lighting is something else that's big as well too. Cause I mean, obviously if you look at my first season videos, I didn't have any lighting. I was just going off of the, the computer light and I was in a dark room and I had no branding behind me. But I think when people are looking at your journey and look back two, three, four, five years and they see the evolution of where you are, then they could appreciate it more than you just jumping out the scene brand new with everything done like you're a professional out of the box. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think it's a hit it, the nail on the head right there. It's like it is a journey for the, for the listener just as it is for, for you yourself as you're growing. Um, yeah, and I'm actually using uh, AirPods in my ears because the, the microphone, the, the office space that I'm in is sort of an open floor plan, and there's a very particular office that's louder than the rest of them, and you can usually hear it on my regular speak, uh, microphone here. So I was hoping that this would block off, and that's why we checked you know, sound before we even started. I was like, you having to hear that. Um, so yeah, more often than not, you already have some technology to start with. If you have a phone in your pocket, you've got everything you probably need to go ahead and start even doing, you know, video, um, and then build up from there the quality audio. Um, how soon do you think that somebody should climb up in the, in the quality of, you know, the content that they're putting out there? You're talking about the, the, the quality of like the video and audio or like, the yes. Of, okay. Yeah. So let's, the quality. Yeah. So, I mean, with that, I, I think there's layers to it, right? I, I would think mm-hmm. get to a season or at least half a season with whatever you have first and mm-hmm. you know, record at least a dozen episodes. And you want to kind of figure out your quality versus who you're interviewing quality mm-hmm. or just your quality and the perception of your quality before you kind of upgrade. But then after that, after about the first six months or so or, or three months, then you can start layering mm-hmm. in things, right? What is your, your primary thing? First and foremost, with your microphone. Because that's where the quality comes in. And then you could think about, you know, switchers and, you know, like, for mm-hmm. example, like my setup, I got like six screens and I got an audio switcher, a video switcher, tablets and all this craziness, but it didn't start off that way. Right. I can tell your camera has autofocus too. Sometimes you move and when you start talking with your hands, it'll retry to focus on you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, upgrading that video equipment at, at later. I think audio comes first because it's an audio format, right? That's what you're saying with podcasting. First and foremost is audio, and mm-hmm. then the video is secondary, even though it's climbing in popularity. Um, so how do you feel about, you know, like platforms like YouTube that's now added their own podcast tab to that? Or where do you see that going? How do you feel about it? I, I would say it's all about timing, right? So now that YouTube is mm-hmm. on, the, on the, the game plan, and, and I want people to understand that like, YouTube is not just video. YouTube is a search engine. So mm-hmm. if you're not playing on YouTube, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice. And for me, year one, I, I, didn't, I didn't do YouTube. I was just trying to figure out the game right? Then I, I still recorded all that content. I just didn't post it on YouTube. So I at least had the, 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 the foresight to realize that that content could come in handy later on, no matter how gringy or nasty it looked in comparison to my video today. So that's the first thing, right? But I would say leverage YouTube now, because again, YouTube is another way of monetizing, right? You get a thousand mm-hmm. subscribers on YouTube, pretty much get a few thousand hours of watch time and your channel's yeah. monetized. It kind of is a no brainer. And then you can grow and scale whenever you have time to really focus on how to manipulate the algorithm. Right, for sure. Um, so I guess opportunities that are going to come with it, like even Spotify, Spotify is allowing for video now on some of the premium, you know, those subscriptions. Um, so how, how 
much larger do you think the video portion is going to be for podcasting? Will we revert back or is it going to continue to get, you know? No, I think it's going to progressively move forward because ideally, okay. think of it from, from the standpoint of how many pieces of content you can get from video versus audio. Yes, you could transcribe audio. Yes, you can create images from audio per se. Mm -hmm. But ideally, if you're starting off with video and then you're downgrading it to audio, then you have the video content and you have the audio content all from one piece of essential work that you spend for one hour to get. So starting off with video first would be ideal. No matter how grimy that video is, just make sure your audio is great. And then eventually your video will catch up to the audio. And then to your point you said earlier, you're telling a story. Hey, I'm starting off my new podcast. My video's crap. My audio's great, right? Season two, now my video's getting a little bit better. My audio's getting better. Season three, now I have 4K video and I have great quality audio step-by-step. Step. And then you get to the point wow. to you're in a studio, you're in a set and all these other things that come with it. Amazing, great. Um, so in the past, you said you started in 2020, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so in that, how, how soon did you start seeing some real progress in yourself? I know it's like kind of like going to the gym, right? Where you're, you're working out, yeah. you're working out, you're working out, and you're trying to eat better. And you don't really see improvements because you're looking at yourself in the mirror every day. But other people, you know, they see, they only see you every few days or something. Like, oh, we're really making some improvements. Um, so how, how soon did you start seeing some improvements in yourself? I would say when I started recognizing the improvements and I started honing in on the improvements, because prime example, like if someone, if you go to the gym, right. And someone's telling you, mm -hmm. man, like, yo, your back is, is, is cut. It's brolic. Right. And, and you don't realize that your back looks like that. You're just been working out doing it. And then one day you start looking at your back and you're like, well, damn, I should probably start working <laughs> out my back a little bit more. And your back gets bigger, more defined and everything else is working out too, but your back becomes your focal point. So for me, it was about hosting. Once I started hearing that, okay, mm -hmm. Like you're a really good host. You you do your research. Um, like you told my story well. I was just kind of like, you know, you're a good listener, and I've heard those things over and over again. Season one, season two, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to take those and I'm going to master those crafts. So like now, when somebody get interviewed on my podcast, there's an onboarding form that kind of gives me all their background information, like their social media profiles, and they expect me to just stay stop top level. But what I do is yeah. I deep dive. I may go into like prime example. Yesterday I had an interview and it was a, a lady that has this business and, you know, physical working out nutrition and all that. But I talked about her dad and I talked about her brother. I talked about her dog. I talked about her mom and pulled all those elements in. And I found those elements from going to her social media profiles. Like I was calling her parents by their first names, right? On the episode yeah. five. So for a person that's meeting me for the first time and I'm naming off their brother, their mom, their business, all by first name basis, they know that they can trust me with their story because I've done my work. And that's what I mean by feeding into what you're great at. That, yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> all that background as an interview for your, for your guests. Mm -hmm. um, so I was going to ask the question about that later, but yeah, yeah, you absolutely, uh, you absolutely got that. So I think it's an extra effort that, you know, a lot of people don't put it into. And uh, it, I'm usually joined by my, my co-host, Karen Stewart, mm -hmm. and she has 20 years of background in journalism and, you know, the, the degrees and all that stuff. And uh, so she usually does the background and then I'm going in blind. And that way it's, mm -hmm. it's a good dynamic for us where I'm like, I'm asking questions and she knows <laughs> a lot of the answers of things that we're not even going to ask about yet. Um, so it makes it for a good time for the, the host. But yeah, doing your background, your research on, on all of them, um, it's uh, it's very good point. Very good point that as a host, you need to know who it is that you're going to be interviewing. So, um, so as far as where you want to take you know, Boston Caged and podcasting itself, 
Um, where do you see that going? What are your, what are your bigger overall goals? I think it's just stacking up enterprise level, right? I mean, I, I look at all businesses as far as mm-hmm. multiple different brands. I always use this comparison to where if you look at Steve Jobs, he's a personal brand, right? He's kind of like a household name mm-hmm. at this point in time, whether he's dead or alive. Then you look right. at Apple as the company brand associated to Steve Jobs, right? Then you look at the product brand, the iPhone. Then you look at the service brand, the iTunes. All of them are all falling under the umbrella of Apple and it's associated to Steve Jobs. So right. I'm trying to educate people on that platform. And I'm, I'm like the living example of that. Like if you know Boston Cage, you know SA Grant, you know SA Grant, you know Boston Cage, and then our services and our products fall under it. Like prime example, our shoes or our jackets, our hats or our services, whether it's digital marketing, content, branding, growth strategy, all of these elements every single day, I'm living and breathing them. So that way the, the definition of what I'm educating individuals on it's comprehensible because you can kind of see it firsthand versus thinking about Steve Jobs, which is kind of out of reach for most people to comprehend what he created, right? So that, right. that's just the way I look at it. It's kind of like you have to like live and breathe the example into what you said earlier about my background. Well, my first background had other elements in it, right? And then mm-hmm. eventually I had a backdrop. And then I had like, you know, like I still have Yoda and I still have like Dark Vader. <laughs> But it's going to get to the point to where those are the last two items that are completely behind me that are not branded as Boston Cage. So what do you think mm-hmm. is going to happen probably in the next season or two? They're probably going to get faded out. It's going to be something else that's a Boston yeah. Cage lion or something that's going to be in the background. But again, is the evolution. That's pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, some of your, your books that you put out there, um, are they tied to your podcast? And how do you, if so, how do you use that content in both forms, either written and audio? Yeah, yeah. So like my last book, I would say it's probably the the best example of co-branding a book, an author and a podcast brand. So obviously it's by S.A. Grant has podcasts, but at the top of it, you can see the brand all day, every day, Boston Cage. So this is kind of like pod notes. Again, I'm talking to podcasters. I'm talking to people related to podcasting. And mm-hmm. so essentially this is one book of many. Then they could look forward to having more books that are quick, short reads to help them on their journey. Um, in addition to that, I also created and this, you know, I got my stickers all over this one, but this is the Boston Cage notebook. So this notebook is essentially yeah. designed for anyone to take notes. It's a documenting system and it allows you to catalog and, and think about information a little bit differently. And then last but not least, out of my nine books, this is my third one, which was Boston Cage, the book journal. Because again, we have a book podcast that goes hand in hand with our Boston Cage book, you know. So every time I ask that question about what books you're reading, and I got to the point, so I started thinking about, well, Every episode I'm recording, someone is talking about a book. Maybe I should make a book club. Maybe I should make a book podcast. And then sure as hell, I made a book journal to catalog all the books that you read in one book versus having multiple different books. So all of these are just systems based upon starting with that one podcast. That's great. And with the uh, the books about podcasting itself, I mean, could somebody go through your your series of books and then know, well, at least a, a great you know, deal of a base knowledge in order to get started for podcasting? Or is it more say, for the intermediate or? I would say the first book, the first, the first, the, the last book I created, which is the, the podcast, like launching, like this book mm-hmm. is more okay. so about getting leads and referrals. So then it'll okay. probably be another book about equipment. It'll probably be another book about hosting. And right now mm-hmm. I'm writing behind the scenes, probably like several dozen books on topics. So if you see me post any articles, nine out of 10, those articles are the preliminary startings of a book. Fantastic. And you're crossing that over into, into your podcast themselves. A lot right. of that information. Okay. So a lot of that information, I mean, if I'm interviewing someone, 
you know, we're not going to necessarily talk about my content. We're going to talk about their content. But again, mm -hmm. the branding of it is the education behind the scenes. So we have a Boston Cage Academy as well, which the books then lead someone to listen to an episode to kind of figure out if you want to listen to our real estate episodes, right? If you want to listen to our software development episodes, because again, we have so many different diverse background of individuals that we interviewed that we've created an online directory to make it easy for people to search and figure out who they're looking for and if they want to listen to that episode. And then after that, if you want more information on like the marketing, the strategy, that's when the academy and the books come into play. Incredible. Well, I say thank you so much for being here and uh, for recording this episode with us. And we would look forward to showing this to you know some of the people that are going to the you know events, especially preparing for the pitch contest and there's even a workshop on interviewing guests. And so I'm glad that you hit on that. That was great. It was perfect. Um, and then of course we had the you know, Arkansas Festival all week and then going to Northwest. So it's a it's a whole month of events uh, coming up. And so like, this would be very valuable to people that are trying to start or in the intermediate phase, maybe they've been doing it for a while. And so you've, you've dropped a lot of knowledge here, you know, for a lot of people and hopefully they can get out and reach out to you uh, to help further their, them along on their podcast journey. And so where can people find you? I love when that question is asking that I'm trying to make it as systematically easy as possible. Yeah. Right. So you could literally go to Google and type in Boston cage. And at this point in time, we pretty much dominate the, the top 10 pages of Google. So any one of those systems, right. Like whether you're looking for us on YouTube, you'll find it there. If you're looking for our actual webpage, you'll find it there. If you're looking for our merchandise, you'll find it there. So you can kind of see how one podcast can have many different tentacles and legs and grow. Fantastic. Um, and should they go to your website as well? Yeah, bossage.com. It makes okay. it simple. Yeah. So, I mean, everything literally, you just type in, it's at the point now you can go to YouTube, you can go to Amazon, and you type in Boston, mm -hmm. any one of these environments, and some reference of who we are is going to come up. Right. It's a good lesson in itself on branding and getting yourself you know, great SEO and everything cross-referencing itself. And so, uh, yeah, SA, I really appreciate you being here. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to add that you didn't speak about? Yeah, I just I just want like, the people that are listening to this, obviously you're already mm -hmm. kind of in thinking about podcasting and I don't want you to kind of think of podcasting yeah. as being a task. You could look at it as being a passion that can grow into an opportunity that could then make you wealthy or at least have extra income coming in. So there's multiple different things, right? You can get spiritual aspects from it, but at the same time, you can get monetization from it. So you just wanna understand these principles and stay dedicated to the cause. Beautiful, great advice. Thank you so much. The ArtCast podcast is brought to you by the Arkansas Podcast Collaborative. ArtCast is the Arkansas Podcast Festival and it is going to be happening throughout September. That's right, September 1st through the 6th, we'll be hosting free workshops across Central Arkansas. And on September 7th, we will have the main event of ArtCast 2023 at the Innovation Hub once again. On September 20th, we're taking the festival on the road to Northwest Arkansas where we will be hosting a podcast workshop at the Fayetteville Library. And the next day will be our very first annual ArtCast NWA. Tickets, reservations, and sponsorships are available at ArkansasPodcasters.org.